This is Tom Fox. I would like to welcome you to a five-part podcast series, Smart Automation for Risk Management, sponsored by Lextegrity. In this podcast series, I will be visiting with Art Chanda, founder and CEO, president of Lextegrity, Andy Miller, chief analytic officer at Lextegrity, and Kara Onatatabas, head of product at Lextegrity. Over the series, we will look at the Lextegrity project suite, take a deep dive into continuous risk monitoring, consider pre-approvals and third-party due diligence, and integrations in the user experience. In a special bonus episode, Chanda and I will discuss the Integrity Analytics Collective Initiative started by Lextegrity. This episode three, I conclude a two-part series within this overall series on continuous risk monitoring through data analytics with Lextegrity's Chief Analytics Officer, Andy Miller. Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox, back for another episode in our special five-part series on Lextegrity. In this episode, I have back Andy Miller, and we're going to pick up where we ended on continuous risk monitoring. And uh, first of all, Andy, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me again, Tom. Really appreciate it. Andy, as uh, I know you're aware, last June, the Department of Justice released an uh, update to its evaluation of corporate compliance programs, and it pretty directly stated for the first time that CCO types not only had to have access to their company's data, whether that data be siloed, whether that data be in different data lakes, uh, and they would be sanctioned if they weren't in enforcement action and didn't. And I really wanted to use that as, as a way to introduce uh, data, data analytics, and how the Lextegrity suite of solutions um, can help uh, companies answer that DOJ inquiry. Yeah, that's a, that's a, great, um, that's a great question, Tom. Um, I think that DOJ guidance has really been an eye-opener for a lot of risk professionals and companies out there that, that they need to... They need to do better. They need to have access to their own data as risk professionals, and they need to have a plan, an approach, and an, and an actual program to monitor their data to make sure they're preventing um, and really detecting anything that, that could be fraud, corruption, bribery, or could put your, your company um, you know, in danger, uh, especially as you know, the DOJ is ramping up their efforts. We have a continuous monitoring solution that provides compliance and audit teams with a comprehensive way to keep a pulse on transactional spend and revenue risk. And really within that application is dozens of pre-built data analytics across a spectrum of focuses. We've got risk-based statistical behavioral and policy-based risk analytics that all combine to form a risk score that can then be prioritized for review. I mean, we really recognize that in monitoring, you cannot watch and look at in detail, every transaction, every spend transaction, every revenue transaction that comes through your company, it's just, it's, it's too much. So you have to prioritize that in some sort of methodical way, in some sort of risk methodology to make sure that you're getting those items that are high risk to the top of your queue so that your risk professionals, whose time is very valuable, is looking at those. And when we think about the Department of Justice and what they said is, is that you can no longer sit back and, 
and just hope that nothing affects you. You have to be proactive. You have to be digging into the data. You have to have access to the data. And it almost seems funny to say that, but you've got a lot of risk professionals out there that that have no access to data. When they need data, they have to beg, borrow, and plead with their IT colleagues or the business application owner, please give me some data based on this hotline call that I heard or based on something that's going on with their organization. And they're waiting weeks to get it and they're completely losing flow of what they were doing, which was trying to track down a particular risk um, you know, that could become a huge liability for the company. So you know, in general, to wrap that all up, I think it's incredibly important that you know, risk professionals are out there thinking about how they can, you know, respect what the DOJ has put out there by making sure they've got a program, they've got tools in place to support them in monitoring their transactional data um, from a risk perspective. Andy, there have been companies that have built uh, these types of systems in the past. They've been completely bespoke. And frankly, I think one of the true innovations of Lextegrity has to be to be able to create an out of the box solution yet best in class. But then the third component you've overlaid that is you can actually tailor it to the specific company. So it's sort of in my mind the best of all worlds. And I was wondering if you could uh, speak to to that issue on how you're able to tailor the solution to the company you're partnering with, but also how the Lextegrity solution compares to some of these bespoke systems that were. Uh, very expensive, very cumbersome, but at that point, we're sort of cutting edge. Yeah, great. I'm going to break that down into two areas. I want to give a little flavor about how our continuous monitoring solution is flexible and curatable to your specific company. And then then touch on what you had said there of what others are doing and what has been traditional in that area. Um, But in general, you know, uh, our monitoring solution has over 50 um, analyses, risk analyses with a forthcoming soon where we look at employee spend, vendor spend. Um, you know, for our life sciences company, we're looking at um, spend with HCPs and HCOs, as well as we're getting into an area of, uh, uh, of rest, uh, revenue risk with, with your customers. But we have analyses that are broken out in each of those areas to look for specific types uh, of risk. In that general risk-based area, we're looking to identify transactions that could be associated with some wrongdoing like bribery, corruption, fraud. I mean, specifically our conflicts analysis, which as an example works to identify sham vendors that were enabled by employees on the inside, insider risk, um, would have an opportunity to you know, really defraud the company in this specific way. So our analysis is constantly matching the details of your employee master file with the details of your vendor master file, or even more specifically, the payee details of the specific payment or invoice that is coming through. And it's intelligent. It's not just looking for names, because again, you know, I don't think anybody's going to create a sham vendor in your own name. Uh, they're going to they're going to they're going to use something different, but they may not be smart enough to change their address or to use a different address or a PO box. They may not be smart enough to change a phone number or to actually get a legitimate tax ID. So we're we're getting into those areas and and trying to figure that out um in an automated, you know, analytical way. Um, we also have statistical analyses, which are looking at outliers and, and trying to identify trends and patterns in the data. Um, we're looking at those trends and patterns in a regional um, or country 
base cohort, the nature of that spend, or maybe even sometimes something more specific like the job area for employee spend, like the Salesforce. We have behavioral analyses that really adds an interesting lens because we're we're enabling um, you know this ability to look for odd behaviors in any of the transactional detail. And one of my favorites tends to be the the aged expense analysis that we have in employee spend, which assigns risk based on the the age of the transaction. And really the theory here is that employees wait to submit transactions for approval. Um, you know, the, the reason they, they may actually be doing this might be purposeful. Um, they're, they're, they might be taking, you know, six months to submit it because they realize it was inappropriate and they're looking for the right time. Maybe they're looking for their manager to be in a good mood, or maybe they're waiting for a completely new manager, or possibly they're, they're waiting for their manager to step away from their computer. Um, so we're really zeroing in on those behavioral types of perspectives. And then lastly, and of course, we you must have this, is those policy-based or control-based analytics that, that ensure that transactions um, are be, being captured that fall outside of bounds, outside of policy stipulations or general norms. And, and this is, you know, particularly helpful because getting those controls into some source systems um, can be a chore. Or you may want to look at something that's not really against policy, but is against what you would expect um, as a norm here. And, and I feel like that's really important because risk is about what's normal, what's expected, um, and things that fall out of what's expected or what's normal is really you know, where things can you know, pile up and go wrong and present a huge liability. So, uh, you know, a, beyond those different types of analyses, you know, we've really tried to capture a lot of really interesting um, risks in our analyses. We have the ability within our application to allow the customer to curate that to their specific need. What's going on in their industry? What's going on in their company? What is their perspective on norms? And getting that into their priority criteria. And that is something that differentiates Lextegrity's monitoring platform that others don't have. When we look at the other side of the house, you know, um, from some of our competitors, they're really just flagging things. And they're really taking it from an analytic by analytic approach, which ends up just generating a lot of noise, a lot of false positives. We really focus in on the transaction and the risk of the transaction as a whole and why it's a risk rather than kind of the traditional audit approach where it's analytic by analytic and you're just like scanning, scanning, oh, what was a hit, what was a flag? You know, our analysis, our analyses have the basis as a transaction, but we're also telling you when an analysis um, generated a result there, what was the severity of that result? Was it weak, was it moderate, was it strong? Was it something beyond strong that says, hey, this is an automatic risk for you. It must be looked at. And we have things like that when we think about high-risk countries. You know, you may be working um, regularly in Russia or one of the BRIC countries, but and, and that may be a different type of risk for you. Maybe it's strong, maybe it's moderate, um, but maybe you would never expect a transaction to come through from Somalia, for example. So you've assigned that to automatic. That's ensuring that you see that. And so we really have this fungible way of getting at what is something that should be in front of you. And we 
We strongly feel that other offerings typically fall into one of two camps. The first being either back office or control focused support, basically another cog or an extra cog in the wheel of accounts payable or T&E departments, which are just making sure someone doesn't spend over their $75 dinner limit or you know paying for alcohol when policy disallows it. But the second camp is, is really that big four type of offering where their solutions are really kind of a means to book more hours, interpreting the results of these sporadic analyses that have all these flags, which can only be generated as after you know, you've done extensive interviews and project plans and you've brought in you know, teams of people to do the data gathering, to do the interviews, the generic dashboards, and then, you know, getting that, that stuff updated or um, curated based on how your perspective changes over time then requires a new statement of work. So, you know, we think of ourselves as as really technology enablers in this space, software that can, you know, work with you and be curated to your specific needs and not something as a means to book more hours or to put something really that, you know, um, is is uh, somewhat fragile to a degree in place that's going to require constant um, attention. And let me pick up on a point I think I wrote down correctly, which was uh, looking at the entire transaction. And then yeah. uh, you also pointed to looking at each component of the transaction and why uh, that can be done, but it really doesn't give you the overall picture of the transaction risk. So if I can maybe outline a transaction where uh, a BD representative goes and calls upon a customer, gifts travel and entertainment spend, uh, you get on the bid list somehow, um, yep. and you uh, may or may not get inside information on the on the RFP list. You get the RFP, you respond to the RFP, uh, you then win the RFP, you negotiate the contract, and now you have to execute that contract. And that may require third parties, that may require business partners. Uh, certainly, if you've had commissioned sales agents or other representatives on the sales side, you may be making payments there. Uh, then you execute and uh, you go forward. Uh, is it a fair assessment to say that that's the risk you think compliance practitioners should be focused on? And then how, how if if I have articulated that correctly, how does um, the monitoring and data analytics uh, suite available from Lextegrity let the compliance practitioner or give the compliance practitioner that that entire view of the transaction rather than just the $75 GTE spend or the alcohol paid for or the too many visits to a government official, et cetera? Yeah, Tom, that's that's right up our alley of where we're you know, we're thinking about the risk is because what a lot of people are, are doing is, is forsaking um, all of that, uh, um, you know, the byproduct risk, the other risk that that comes together around that transaction and just focused on the transaction and flagging what isn't in line with policy. So what we're out there to do is to bring in that transactional data in as robust of a fashion as we can. I'll give you an example with vendor spend. When we look at that vendor spend data coming from SAP or Oracle, we're not just bringing in the payment. We're actually bringing in the payment that uh, was made across eight different invoices. And then from each one of those invoices, we're digging into the actual 
um, invoice detail that came along with that, the invoice line item detail, the purchase order information, as well as the purchase requisition details. At every one of those steps of the business process, there's a little bit of detail that could be relevant from a risk perspective and go into this identification of risk in that transaction as a whole. And alongside of that, we've also got the information coming from the financial side of the house, not maybe not just the P2P, the procure to pay area. We've got the financial, which accounts um, is this impacting from uh, you know, an expense perspective because there's a lot of good clues there. So you, we, we bring in this holistic piece of that transaction and then we supplement it with other information like information from your HR master file. So as you're looking at that transaction, who approved the PO? Who requested the purchase requisition? Um, who approved the ultimate payment or the invoice? And maybe who, um, you know, how does their network look in regards to that? Because, you know, that information is, while supplementary, can be very helpful to connecting the dots of risk as you start to see other things happen or you, um, you catch an exception in this area and now you say, well, so-and-so was a major part of that. Let's see what else they've touched in this area or looking at the cross impact between employee spend and vendor spend. And then beyond that in the compliance space, and you can tell I get really excited about this, um, is we've got this other information from the compliance program itself. We've got hotline reports. We've got due diligence metrics. We've got audit reports, training completion statuses, all this other program information that compliance has has a hand into that can feed into this transactional data. So from the due diligence perspective, when you're looking at those invoices from a risk perspective, it's going to be helpful if you knew that in the in the due diligence area, your ultimate um, approval on that was proceed with caution or proceed with mitigating controls, because that was a clue that during that due diligence process, you found the risk, but you said we can handle this risk and you let it go through. But what is typically the case is you then forget about it. Okay. So you let the vendor essentially, you know, be a full-blown vendor for you. And you really, you know, what's the mitigation that you do? Maybe every year you revet them or something like that. Well, but it could be impactful because if you're elevating the risk profile of those specific invoices that are now coming in against that vendor, it can help potentially prioritize it into your view and become a better risk that or, or you know, improve the chance that you're actually going to see that particular transaction and spot something that that is starting to, you know, look unusual from your perspective as as um, somebody that understands where your organization is going. So, again, I think, you know, just to close that out is is really it's not just about the transactional detail, the date, the amount, the vendor. It's about you know, how that transaction came to be. And then the supplementary information such as due diligence information or hotline things that are coming in or audit reports for that country or that business that can help you, um, you know, change the risk profile uh, in the right ways and, and capture that kind of nuanced risk that is is there with that transaction detail. Andy, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any additional information on uh, any of the topics we've talked about in this episode or wanted to contact you, how could they do so? 
Uh, yeah, um, they can a absolutely go to our website, lextegrity.com, where you can find a variety of information about you know, our company and our tools. Um, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn at Andy Miller or my email, uh, amiller at lextegrity.com. Thanks again, Tom. I appreciate it. Love your podcast. Please join us in our next episode where Kara rejoins us to discuss pre-approvals and third-party due diligence. You can learn more about Lextegrity by checking out their website, www.lextegrity.com. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode in this multi-part podcast series, Smart Automation for Risk Management, sponsored by Integrity. This special podcast series is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening and look forward to visiting with you again.